Good afternoon and happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe, and thank you for listening. Hope everyone had a great sports weekend. I surely did. In this episode, I will give my takes on NFL Sunday Week 6, the 49ers' much-needed win, the Monday Night Football doubleheader tonight, and I will also talk about Georgia versus Alabama and conclude with the Major League Baseball playoffs. Now, without further ado, let's get started. My opening take starts with NFL Sunday Week 6. Now, two of the games I talked about on Friday turned out to be beatdowns. So let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. As correctly predicted, I predicted the Steelers to win this matchup. Of course, it was a lot worse than I thought it would be. But the Steelers' defense showed that they are for real. I mean, they were all over Baker Mayfield, who came in this game with a chest injury. I mean, he only passed for like 119 yards, threw two interceptions, was sacked four times, and was hit quite a bit. Of course, he was replaced eventually by Case Keenum. But the Pittsburgh Steelers steamrolled the Browns 38-7. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger in the offense did, did enough They didn't have to do a whole lot, but enough to help along with the swarming defense that they unleashed on the Cleveland Browns. Now, I'm going to say this about the Cleveland Browns. Now, I know some are going to probably say, well, Baker had a chest injury, so he wasn't at his best. But as I stated before, I'm not sold on the Browns, and this proves it again because he played in that game, so... Him having a chest injury had no excuse. His offensive line failed him. I mean, they, they they failed to protect him. The running game didn't do much. So, the simple fact is, the Cleveland Browns are not ready for big-time games like the Steelers are. So... We'll see what happens, you know, going forward. I mean, this was a bad loss. And the thing about this loss is this is the second time this season that the Browns have lost to a division foe by over 30 points. Remember, they got troused by the um, Baltimore Ravens at the first game of the season. So it's just, just a bump in the road for the Browns or... As this is a sign of things to come, or and they're going to soon unravel. We'll wait and see, but I'm going to say this about the Steelers. So far, they're looking very good. They might be a sleeper team, so watch out for them. Now, the other beatdown occurred in Tampa. Now, I wrongly predicted the Green Bay Packers would win this matchup. They came into this game 5-0. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are firing on all cylinders. Now, when this game first started, the Packers were dominating. I mean, Rodgers and the offense was moving the ball. And Brady and the Buccaneers offense could not get going. It was 10-0 after the first quarter. And then things turned for the worse for the Packers when the second quarter came. 
Aaron Rodgers threw a pick six, which cut the Packer lead to 10 to seven. And then on the next position, Aaron Rodgers threw another interception and then things just went downhill from there. The Bucks, led by Tom Brady in the running game, scored 31 unanswered points and never looked back. The Bucks' defense, they were just flying all over the place. I mean, they were in Rodgers' face. I mean, the running game didn't do much for the um, Packers afterwards. And Devontae Adams, you know, he, he had his moments, but it just simply wasn't enough. And, of course, they sacked Rodgers five times and got quite a bit of hits on him. In the end, the Buccaneers won the game 38-10. Now, looking at this game, it just makes you wonder, has the Packers been exposed? Or simply, this is just one game and, you know, there's nothing to worry about. Well... I'll just say this. It's too early to tell. I mean, since it's just their first loss. But it does show goes to show that their defense is a, is still just as suspect as it was last year. And if Aaron Rodgers and the offense has a bad day, they're gonna lose. And now they're in second place in their division because now the Chicago Bears are now 5 and 1 as they their defense was lights out yesterday against the Carolina Panthers which I was wrong on this one as well I mean they made it very difficult for Teddy Bridgewater to even move the ball with this Carolina offense I mean the defense recorded two interceptions and four sacks the Bears offense was not spectacular, but they didn't they made enough plays to help the Bears defeat the Panthers 23 to 16. Now Nick Foles still hasn't quite got it back yet, but still, I don't think he has to be great as long as the defense is carrying the load. I mean, I was a little disappointed in this only because I was starting to give Teddy Bridgewater some praises. Maybe even thought about making him maybe a sleeper for MVP. But the Bears took care of that for me. So I don't have to go praising him like that. (laughs) And now let's get on to my San Francisco 49ers. Now... On Friday's episode, I said that this would be a must-win for my San Francisco 49ers. And I said that for a couple of reasons. A, going down 2-4 and four makes it very difficult, especially when you're about to come up on the gauntlet of the schedule. You have the Patriots. You have the Seahawks. You have the Packers and the Saints. In Buffalo. Now that is a gauntlet. And I also said that. Another reason this was a must win. Because this is a division game. Now they're down. They were down 0-1. Prior to this game. After losing the opener to the Arizona Cardinals. 
And going 0-2 in the division makes it very hard. I said Kyle Shanahan needs to come up with his best game plan of the season in order to save the season. Well, guess what, folks? Kyle Shanahan came up with a great game plan for this matchup against the Rams Sunday night. I mean, that that first drive, they were clicking on all cylinders. I mean, they were using everything. You were using Raheem Moster with the run. Jimmy G was, was completing short passes. I mean, they had some of the reverses with um, Debo Samuel. And I mean... They were just, they were, they were just, and the offensive line even did an excellent job throughout the game. I mean, they didn't allow any sacks of Jimmy Garoppolo. And they kept the, the, the best defensive player in the NFL in check in Aaron Donald. The 40, the, my 49ers won the game 24 to 16. Now, I know all the Jimmy haters are probably quiet today. But Jimmy G passed for 268 yards and three touchdowns. No interceptions. He even had a nice little run where he didn't get the first down. But, I mean, he went in there and lowered his shoulder to try to get the first down. I mean, it is risky for quarterbacks to do something like that. Especially when you got a linebacker or a safety Looking to, you know, knock you out of the game. But he did it. You know, he was short, but he showed how tough he really was. This guy's no pretzel. And probably the best play of the game was how he completed that um, touchdown pass for 44 yards to George Kittle. Beating a zero blitz. Now, will it, this? Well, now I'm not. I know this is just one game, but I think this is a start. Not saying they're out of the woods just yet because the schedule is tough. But sometimes that's all you need is just one win to get back on track. So my hope is that this will continue. And I also want to give praise to. The defense. I mean, last week, the secondary was embarrassed. But this week, getting back Emmanuel Mosley and, of course, Jason Ferret was playing like a boss. Now, I admit, I've been pretty skeptical when they first um, acquired Jason Ferret because of his injury history. And not being able to stay on the field. But it's it's obvious once he gets on the field, this dude can ball. So I can't wait to see what's going to happen when Richard Sherman gets back, which I hope will be very soon. They're saying maybe another week or two. And team him up with Ferret and E. Mosley. And maybe... Just maybe the defense as a whole will find its stride. The only problem I did have with the defense is still the pass rush wasn't quite as good 
I mean, we didn't get any sacks on Jared Goff. I mean, we did get some pressures and did get an interception, which, you know, Jason Ferret did get in the red zone. So, I'm glad to see him finally get his chance, and he made the most of it. But the offensive line, which, of course, I've been crit- critical of them, and along with everybody else, they did their thing as well. Like I say, they held Aaron Donald in check. They gave Jimmy all the time he needed. And Jimmy threw three touchdowns. Now, let's switch gears to the doubleheader tonight. The first game will be the Buffalo Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, this game was moved during the scheduling changes due to COVID-19 affecting the the Chiefs and the um, Titans' previous opponents. Now, both teams are going to come in this game very salty after their respective losses. The Chiefs lost to the Raiders at home in shocking fashion. While the Buffalo Bills last Tuesday was bounced by the Tennessee Titans. I like the Chiefs in this one. Because even though the even though the um, Buffalo Bills are playing good football prior to last Tuesday. And Josh Allen was looking like an MVP candidate. Their defense is very suspect. Now, getting wrong, the Chiefs' defense is suspect too, but not as suspect as the Buffalo Bills. Even though um, Josh Allen has been playing MVP-like football, Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. They have the better offense. They have more weapons on offense than the Bills have. Even though I don't trust the Chiefs' defense all the way, I trust their defense just a tad bit more than I trust the Buffalo defense. So I believe the Chiefs' defense will make enough plays. They will stifle Josh Allen just enough for Patrick Mahomes and their offense to put enough points on the board to win this matchup. I'm going to go with... 35-24 Kansas City now in the other matchup is the Arizona Cardinals versus the Dallas Cowboys this will be the first game for the Cowboys since that horrible season ending injury suffered by Dak Prescott Andy Dalton will get the start at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys This is Andy Dalton's chance to possibly solidify the starting spot, not only just for the rest of the season, but beyond. Because if he looks good, chances are he'll be willing to let Prescott go, despite what Stephen Jones said, that Dak Prescott is in their plans. Of course, I'm not buying it. If Andy Dalton plays good, they'll they'll send Prescott packing. But here's the thing. 
Dallas defense is still terrible. They're going to be taking on Aaron Murray. And Aaron Murray is a dual threat at quarterback. This guy can run and he can throw. And he's got probably one of the best receivers in the NFL to throw to. And DeAndre Hopkins. And as, and and as, as terrible as the Dallas secondary has been. I look for DeAndre Hopkins to have 150 yards in receiving tonight. So yeah, Dallas's offense is probably going to keep it in it because Arizona's defense is spotty. Aaron Murray is going to have a big day along with DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals to beat the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say 30 to 22. Now let's switch gears to college football. Not much on the circuit. There were a couple of upsets. Of course, one was the South Carolina Gamecocks upsetting the Auburn Tigers 30-22 to and Will Muschamp's biggest win since he became this Carolina head coach a couple of years back and so much for thinking North Carolina may actually have a shot at challenging Clemson for the ACC as North Carolina lost to a lowly Florida State team 31-28 so I but I did say that I need to see more from North Carolina to even give them a, a possible chance to challenge Clemson and they showed me who they were so it don't look like they're ready to challenge Clemson in the ACC which I highly doubt anybody in the ACC is going to challenge Clemson. The way Trevor Lawrence is balling out. Of course, I know for Trevor Lawrence, he's probably begging in his side, please don't let the Jets be the, be, be the worst team in the NFL, which I'll touch on that more tomorrow. But let's get to the, the big one. Georgia versus Alabama. Of course, Friday, it was reported that Nick Saban would not be able to coach on the sideline, but then they said he'd started, he'd, he'd, he was testing negative for COVID-19 after a positive test on Wednesday. So he was able to finally coach this Saturday, and he was on the sideline. And once again, he proved that the SEC is his world and his assistants are living in it. As once again, he defeats Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. Now the difference in the these in the in the previous two beatings in this one was Kirby Smart had Nick Saban beat until the fourth quarter in overtime. As you remember, in the national championship game, Kirby Smart had Nick Saban beat. 
until the fourth quarter when Nick Saban tied the game and sent it into overtime and then got beat on a walk-off touchdown which introduced the world to Tua and then the year after in the SEC championship he had Nick he had Nick Saban beat again I think by 17 if I remember but couldn't close the deal Nick Saban and if I and the Crimson Tide came back and beat him so it seems like the thing with Kirby Smart is he don't know how to finish off Nick Saban and guess what third time is, is was not the charm because in the first half the Georgia the Georgia offense was moving the ball quite efficiently against the Alabama defense I mean Stetson was make, making some good pass pass plays and the running game was actually pretty good here's the problem though Georgia who had the number one defense in the SEC couldn't slow down the Alabama offense I mean that combination of Mac Jones to Devontae Smith was killing their secondary I mean he was Devontae Smith was making some nice chunk plays in the in the, in the passing game I mean this dude is going to be an NFL star so Georgia was up 24 to 20 at halftime and then the second half hit and in the second half the Georgia offense did nothing Alabama's defense which has been getting gashed over the last couple of games looked like the Alabama defense of old the Georgia offense was shut out in the second half turned turned the ball over twice and then the Alabama offense scored 21 straight points in the second half to win this game 41 to 24. Nick Saban is the Ric Flair of the SEC. To beat a man, you have to beat the man. And Nick Saban's assistants have proved have, have not proven that they can beat the man. Again, one day it's gonna happen, but right now, Nick is the nature boy Ric Flair. And everybody else is just his opponents that he's beaten. And finally, let's go to Major League Baseball. Now we got ourselves a World Series matchup. But the theme of the Major League Baseball Championship Series is one team almost choked and one team did choke let's start with the team that did not choke the Tampa Bay Rays they were up three games to zero and almost did what the Yankees did against the, the Boston Red Sox in 2004 choke away a 3-0 series lead they got the, they got it the game seven the Houston Astros but thanks to the, the, the pitching of the Rays and a couple of home runs in the first two innings they were able to sh- shut the Dodgers down 
and eliminate them from the from the playoffs with a 4-2 victory in game seven. And now they're going to be in the World Series. Now let's talk to the team that did choke. The Atlanta Braves. I, I guess falconitis is a disease that even spreads even in other sports in Atlanta. Like the um, Atlanta Falcons, who blew a 23-28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, the Atlanta Braves blew a 3-1 lead against the LA Dodgers. Now, I was praising all that good pitching that the Braves have, but obviously, it was not enough. As Cody Barringer hit the, the tie-breaking home run to propel the Dodgers to the World Series. So, the matchup is set for the World Series. It will be the LA Dodgers versus the Tampa Rays. Now, I'll give a prediction on that tomorrow. But it should be an interesting series. I mean, you got the the power of the bats and the Dodgers along with the excellent pitching of the Rays. I guess I'll give my prediction tomorrow, so stay tuned. Now, this will conclude this latest edition of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe. Thank you for listening and downloading. You can follow me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. And you can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. Thank you again for listening, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Thank you.